but this guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Uh, Brian Brown works for Ute Zone, uh, really understands Utah football really well. Uh, he played offensive line at Snow College. Uh, he is just a wonderful human being with a heart of gold. It's the big, beautiful brown bear. Uh, Brian, how are you? I mean, I couldn't be any better after an introduction like that. But, you know, <laughs> other than the fact that somebody's hacked my brain <laughs> and we can't find the keys. Oh, man. We love you. I'm, oh, we miss, we truly, we miss you being part of the zone team. So we're excited to have you on as a, as a guest today. It, I miss it, too. Um, I don't miss the, uh, the late nights and the 4 a.m. departures from the arena <laughs> after pre and post games as much. Yeah, but and, I definitely and, miss you guys. And Hansel from being a diva. Yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of miss that part about it because getting to hang out for a hand with hands for up to six hours a night, sometimes eight hours, you you discover parts of this world that you never knew existed, and, and the things that he can come up with, both like from a football point and also from a food standpoint, are just unbelievable. Yep, for sure. Oh man, so Brian, um, we've had a decent amount of uh, breaking news on the Ute Zone front over the past you know, weeks or so we've, we, we now have four recruits for the 2022 class. Um, two of them are quarterbacks, but uh, I just wanted to kind of get your analysis on uh, what are the Utes getting with these new commits? Well, they're getting football players, number one. And I think that's a big thing as you're moving forward, you know? Um, and I, I don't say that lightly because what I mean is that they're getting legitimately talented football players uh, unusual that Utah gets two quarterback commitments, absolutely. But I think it's a sign of what's been happening in the past and now what's happening with the transfer portal where Kyle Whittingham is adapting to the to the surroundings of college football. He's not going to sit back and, and let his quarterback room be depleted because a guy wants to leave. So he's going to go out and get the guys that, that they want. And I think last year there was a lot of uh, conversation about Jackson Dart and Peter Costelli coming in and, and what goes on with that. And Costelli uh, ended up coming to Utah and showed out pretty well in the spring game. He's, he's got a ways to go. But uh, I think after that, Woodingham has decided that they're just going to go out and get the two quarterbacks that they want. And they did that. Nate Johnson uh, will end up being a four-star prospect. I'm almost positive with that. Brandon Rose could be as well. Uh, but they're both incredibly talented quarterbacks. Uh, for those who are deep into the recruiting scene, Current Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud, had a similar arc as Nate Johnson is having right now, where he made it to the Elite 11 Finals, went out and really wowed everybody now, kind of coming out of nowhere uh, on the quarterback scene. Brian, what do you say to a guy like me who uh, tends to shy away from the recruiting scene because – these are teenagers, and I've never seen a teenager live up to any hype that's not named LeBron James. Uh, what's it like having good mental health, I think, would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, this is the one area I might. Yeah, yeah. But, but and, wh- honestly, I, I see these the scores and four stars, five stars, and I think good for them, but uh, let's see what they do when the games begin. Yeah, I think stars get a big uh, misconception label slapped on them right because stars are not really indicative of what a player is going to do at the college level it's more a projection of what they've already done so like a three-star quarterback means that they're going to be a power five level starter um and that can be any level right it could be 
you know, a Mike Wright type level starter at the University of Utah, or, uh, you know, it could be somebody like Keenan Peeley or Peyton Wilgar at, at BYU, you know, guys that are really starting to move forward and, and make noise and, and have potential to go to the next level. A five-star prospect means that it's a prospect that has all the tools and athletic ability to be a draftable NBA player or NFL player. Boy, see, look where my head is. Um, and so I think a lot of times we see five-star player and we think they're going to be great in college. They're going to do all this. They're going to have a huge impact. They're going to be the next, you know, Barry Sanders or Marshall Falk or, or Zach Moss or, or whatever it is that you want to make that comparison to. And that's not always the case. You talk about putting pressure on high school kids. Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, I also think that, uh, you know, for a lot of these kids, they're not going to make it to the NFL. And so this is their opportunity to um, be recognized for the hard work that they put in both at the high school level and as they move forward into college. Uh, I also think that rolling to, uh, recruiting is an absolute roller coaster. And so I'm kind of in it for, like, the, the, the drama side of it. You know, it's, it's, it's wild some of the stories that come out of it. Um, and players do switch back and forth, and teams switch back and forth, and, and drop and pick up commitments all the time. Um, but it, it does. There is a, a definite downside to the amount of exposure and pressure that gets in. So I guess my whole summation of it is that I don't. You know, I'm out here because I want to tell these recruit stories, and I want them to uh, learn how to deal with media and, and outside perspectives and things like that in a positive manner. So I'm not going to punish these kids um, if they say or do something that's a little bit different because they are still very, very young. And and so I can be that kind of conduit with that. But at the same time, I think if you're just a casual fan, be positive with your interactions, you know, celebrate the wins. I tell people all the time, the commitment's like scoring a touchdown in the game. Um, you're not always going to win the battle. You know, kids are going to come in and out and some guys are going to be successful and some guys aren't. It's just, that's sports, and, and that's part of why we love the game. And I think recruiting is just another facet to that. But you know, I'm not going to be be guy that you know shakes my fist at anybody who doesn't want to follow recruiting because it can be it can be wild. Uh, Brian, we're coming up pretty soon here on the 2021 season. Uh, just this past week, I received my copy of Phil Steele's preseason magazine, um, and one of the things that stuck out to me about it was that he ranks Utah's offensive line as fifth in the country. Um, now, you being uh, an offensive line aficionado, what is it about Utah's offensive line that has Phil Steele so high on them? I think it's potential and depth. And I think the other part of it is the endorsement of Kyle Whittingham. He said it's the best, uh, best group that he's had at the University of Utah. That's not wrong uh, in a lot of respects, but that's also, I think... We're kind of seeing the uh, the ultimate version of, like, he's gone Super Saiyan, right? Kyle Whittingham, he's, he's throwing out the long hair. You know, he, he's bringing in two quarterbacks. They're, they're dipping into the transfer portal and just going out and getting whatever they want. This is Kyle Whittingham at, at max, you know, Kyle Whittingham right now trying to win a tactical championship. And I think some of that is probably because he knows that his time on the Hill uh, is, is getting – shorter and shorter and, and that's by his own you know admission and decision nobody else is going to force Kyle Whittingham out um but uh, this is a group that has a ton of talent um they have a lot of potential and so I think Kyle Whittingham is playing a little bit of a mind game with them here and especially 
I think some of this message is talking to his his leader, Nick Ford, and telling him, hey, look, you're, you're one of the smartest, um, most athletically gifted offensive linemen we've had here in a long time. You started to develop as a leader. You started to set a culture here in the program and, and for the offensive line group. Now's your time to really push forward and to make your mark, become the player that we believe that you can be, and lead this group to the top. They are seven deep with guys who have experience, starting experience at the University of Utah. You know, Jaron Comp started at tackle last year. Timmy Walla has started multiple games at tackle. Uh, anybody who's talked to anybody around the University of Utah program has heard the name Bam Oleseni, as if, you know, like he just descended from the offensive line uh, heavens, you know, away from the offensive line buffet, as we say, and, and come in to really play. And so I haven't seen that personally necessarily out of BAM, but uh, I trust that the number of people that I've talked to who have seen it are, are know what they're talking about. Um, and you combine that with Satao Omea, who is a all-conference performer. Obviously, we talked about Nick Ford. Uh, you know, you're going to have Brayden Daniels, Orlando Omana, and Keaton Bills all competing for that left guard spot. All of them have experience. All of them have the ability to get on the field and have success. And, you know, I think that's where the ranking really comes from. And what remains to be seen, how does this group gel together? How cohesive can they be? You know, who really establishes themselves as, a wanting, to, as wanting to be a starter? And how healthy can they stay? Brian, I don't know if this is fair. I don't even know if you have any insight on it. But how has the real housewives of Salt Lake City affected the Utah football team? <laughs> I don't have any insight on the actual show itself, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're in a day and age now where this kind of stuff, you know, like so much of life is lived either online or in front of a camera, whether it's on social media or, you know, I, I think in the in the case of Jen Shaw, who is the wife of Sharif Shaw, you know, she was on a TV show that's very, very popular. And obviously, I like, I can't speak to anything you know, to, to what's going on with, with her background legally. It just, it, it's a lot of big words. And again, like brain hacks, I don't understand a lot of those big words. Um, but I don't know that it's had a massive impact on, on the University of Utah's football program. Uh, they're, for better or worse, becoming more adept at handling uh, situations where, where the university's put in the spotlight. Um, and I think they know that this is not... You know, not not something that they really want to be invested in. Um, but at the same time, there's got to be something there with with the fact that it's Sharif Shah's wife. Uh, that being said, um, you know, I, I think he and the rest of the coaching staff are going to do what they've always done, which is go to work. And they posted a video, I believe, Friday, Friday morning on the Utah football Twitter account of the coaching staff out on the road together going to some camps and, and doing some visits. And, you know, I, I thought it was really fascinating that the two coaches that were kind of quote unquote featured the most were Jim Harding and Chad Bumpus, you know, two, two of the lesser known coaches. And so maybe that's part of the strategy is as we're starting to you know introduce people and players to our program, we're going to feature the guys that maybe you haven't seen before. Uh, Brian, last question for me. And it's funny, like I was actually planning on, asking this question anyway, but Clint Peterson on Twitter um, requested me to, to bring it up. Um, food. I, you know, you and I have, have talked about this a lot uh, in our private conversations, but, you know, sorry to kind of switch away from Utah football here for a second. Um, 
What is this, the Hanson Scotty show? <laughs> we're, maybe we're borrowing a little bit from that. But uh, local eats kind of around Salt Lake City. What is right now the, the place that you feel, you know, what, what's a lesser known place? I'm not going to ask you for like the, the best hidden gem because I know that you don't want it to be overrun with all, all sorts of people all of a sudden that makes it harder for you to get food there. Um, but what, what's some place that's maybe lesser known that should be better known? Um, boy. So I've had a conversion of sorts. Um, for much of my life, I was always a burrito guy. Um, but I've converted to the, the gospel that is the taco and the multiple varieties that that come in that. So I I think along those lines, the burrito taco is really popular right now. Uh, my favorite spot probably is Los Tapatios for that. Um, you can also go to Santos Tacos both on the west side, uh, both delicious. There's another place that I've been known to frequent lately in, sh- in the Sugar House area called Taco Land, and they have a brisket taco that is just absolutely lights out. It's, uh, they've got a, like some in-house slaw that goes on top of it, mm-hmm. and I just talked myself into going there later this afternoon. So if you want to be there in like, I don't know, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, fellas, you know, wrap the show up. Let's go grab some tacos. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, you don't have to I, twist I my arm. I guys this question because I'm this down. is the thing. <laughs> I get the rap for, for being a foodie guy, but I know both of you have excellent food taste. So no, I want to hear your answers. That's nice of you. I don't. I'm a picky eater. Coleslaw? Bleh. No, thank <laughs> you. So Brisket, I'm there. Taco? Yeah, fine. But I'm like... The, the medium of medium salsas, some cheese, some meat in the taco. That's that's how I, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely in the, in the hunt for a new taco place because one of my favorite places, you know, place that had some of my favorite Al Pastor actually recently got shut down. And so I am in the hunt for a new favorite. Um, so, I'll you know, I, I definitely. Uh, Have yeah. you tried the green burrito? <laughs> uh, more times than I probably should have, yes. <laughs> Taco time? Anybody? No? Okay. Uh, Brian, it's good to good to talk to you. Good to hear from you. I do have one last quick thing. Why do locker rooms matter to these kids? Shouldn't winning be what matters to these kids? Do we have to build Taj Mahals of toilets for these kids to come to school at, at the place you want them to come to? I think it's like... Oh, we're losing you, Brian. You there? We're losing you, buddy. Can you catch me? Now we got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I can't lean over. Um, <laughs> the, the phone has positioned me. I guess the the, the chip and microchip inside my brain has to be in the right position. But um, <laughs> it's no, it's it's ridiculous, man. And like, I mean, it's cool to see everything that they're building up at the University of Utah and other campuses across the country. But it's it's higher education overall is just out of control. Um, this we we need to find a way to kind of get back to the mean on some of this stuff. Uh, but at the same time, like you're seeing some of the high schools locally, uh, Alta built a $5 million facility for their high school football stupid. team not too long ago. So. so stupid. How many kids could eat with $5 million? Uh, I, okay, i got to be done. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I mean, Do we need I mean, gold-encrusted toilets, gentlemen? Do we need this? I or can you, can you just wipe your butt like the rest of America and get on with your jobs? Huh? I, until we get a slide in every house, I think we can save on putting them in football facilities. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, All right. Brian, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. 
Um, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. <laughs> Love it. Love you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, it's uh, honestly, I, you know, I miss you guys as much as anything else in this world. So thank you. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine.